0: Welcome to another episode of the weekly regular. My name is Asan and I am joined once again by good friend of the show, Bitcoin Drew. What's up, Drew?
1: What's up, Asan? Thanks for having me back
0: again. Of Bitcoin course. is
1: down, but I'm here, so that's good.
0: <laughs> Bitcoin is indeed down. Um but before we jump into that, how was your uh, your week otherwise outside of crypto?
1: Uh well, I played a golf tournament, a mm-hmm. very aging feeling golf tournament this weekend um mm. and when i say aging i mean i just felt like i was middle-aged which you know i still feel like i'm 21 um Mentally. well I have, I have this friend who's a little bit older than us he's like maybe 34 or 35 uh-huh. and most of his friends are older than him mm. and they invited me to come out to uh palm springs last weekend and Ooh play this kind of like team golf tournament thing so the average age other than me was probably like 37 38
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they're all like lawyers and stuff so they just feel especially old (laughs) (laughs) and I've never done anything like this before but like it was a lot of fun it was just funny because uh I don't know I just felt it felt like I was 20 years out of college you know not not nine like we are we're still young nine years out of college
0: I like to think that we're still young (laughs) yep um,
1: but no, I'm good. I'm it's probably how I got sick.
0: Um being around all those not sleeping weirdos. And,
1: yeah, it was 20 guys yeah. in one house. Oh jeez. Yeah, there are guys sleeping in closets and stuff which is kind of <laughs> weird, but whatever.
0: Seems like an oddly frugal group for like, you know, a bunch of lawyers that like to golf.
1: Yeah, we spent the money on golf. Like <laughs> the the whole the whole weekend uh, we only spent like I think it was 50 or 60 bucks a piece like per night on like the house where we stayed. Wow. But the golf, but the golf was like three or 400 bucks. That's so like, that's where the money was spent 100%. But mm-hmm. I, pr- I appreciate that anyway. Cause I would rather spend money on the golf.
0: How did you guys do in the tournament?
1: We lost. It was, it was team us open versus team masters and team us open. We lost by a point, you know, I, I tried real hard, but uh, you know, some people suck. <laughs> uh, not me i, I want all my matches <laughs> do you get to pick the team name uh no i thought it was pretty lame to be honest like naming them after golf tournaments like we should have been like you know the soviet union versus the u.s or like something cool
0: <laughs> but yeah but you don't want to open the door for racist banter
1: i mean that sounds good in sports right like whatever you want to talk shit
0: about <laughs> um do you think uh olympic athletes sh- do well let me ask you this do olympic uh, olympic athletes do they get to choose which country they play for like if they're born in one country but they live in another country
1: yeah you can um i'm pretty sure you can play for pretty sure you can represent any team i don't even think you have to be a citizen really uh i'm pretty sure um i know there have been controversies about this before but like Mm -hmm. so i have a good friend um who so like my dad's Canadian, his dad's Canadian, so he's a mm-hmm. citizen too and he's a swimmer um and so I guess in his event, they only take like the top two
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he finished like eighth in like the us trials and he finished third in Canada um because he had like has the option like he can represent Canada um but uh I don't know if I don't know if it's happening again this year, but yeah he could choose and I could probably choose as well.
0: It's interesting.
1: But I think but I think you could do even even more distant than
0: that. Why
1: do you ask though?
0: Um I ask because uh um I think Naomi Osaka is like choosing to play for Japan in, ah, in Olympic yeah. tennis and I just thought that was interesting. Um I didn't but I didn't know if it was because she chose to or if because like she had to because she was born t- there or something like that. Yeah. No, I was just saying I don't know if she's playing for Japan because she chose to or because she was born there and she had to. So I was just was interested in lo- in knowing that.
1: I think she can choose, but I th- I think Japan is one of the countries where you can't be a dual citizen. Oh. Um and so I think she's a Japanese citizen.
0: Probably. And I don't
1: think I don't think she's an American citizen, but I but she but I've read her story like she's lived here since she was like 4 or something, right?
0: Uh yeah, I think so. But anyway, so uh, all right. So golfing sounds fun. Um, I didn't. <laughs> <Not to you. laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything that fun uh, this week. I, I paid my taxes, which is, you know, a bummer.
1: <laughs> you should have just put it all on Doge and then waited till October like me?
0: What does that wait? What does that mean? That sounds illegal.
1: I mean, well, I mean, you're so you're you're. Technically you're supposed to pay on Monday, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. was tax day. Oh, by the way, uh just side note that was funny. So at the golf tournament they gave out like stupid awards.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh so and all these guys are like dads. And there mm. was a worst dad award. And on the like on the on the like it was just a printed piece of paper, like a Chuggy e. Cheese kind of certificate. Uh-huh. And it had a picture of Darth Vader and the guy who got the worst dad award uh, was a guy who has four kids and his wife is the is an accountant. And he went golfing for the weekend, uh, the day before tax day, <laughs> he got, he got the worst dad award, which I thought was pretty funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so but tell, anyway, I tell mean, tell me more about this tax mo-
0: scheme. What's that? <laughs> tell me more about this tax scheme.
1: It's not a tax scheme. I mean, you, you were supposed to pay on Monday, but uh-huh. obviously you can file an extension, uh-huh. um, till October. And which really is just like, you're still supposed to pay now, even if you don't file mm-hmm. until October. But I've made that gamble pretty much every year. Um, mm. I've just said like I think I can make more money with this money in the next six months than they're gonna charge me in penalties. Um mm-hmm. and just ran with it. And that's what I'm doing this year. So
0: So what is the point of putting it off though, is what I'm asking.
1: Well so like if you had I mean literally, right? So I mean this is what's happening. Like if you if you if you put a thousand dollars in Dogecoin and you know, it went like fifty X earlier this year, mm-hmm. it's better it's better in Dogecoin than it is the you know, two percent a month in fees. You're going to be in penalties. You're going to be paying the government um, if you're if you like push it off, right? Like like if I if I have a choice of putting a thousand dollars to pay my taxes or a thousand dollars to put in Dogecoin for six months, and if Dogecoin goes ten x, then yeah, I did way better by just doing that, paying my taxes later and paying the fees and penalties.
0: So, are you going to so? Have you already calculated what you owe in taxes? No, <laughs> I'm too scared at this point. <laughs> so then, so then your your own plan is flawed at this point.
1: Oh, I'm I'm gambling big time. It's I'm I'm always leveraged. Yeah, you got to bet big to win big. Because right? to me, the way it would it works.
0: well to me, it would make sense to know how much you owe going into the the sort of tax hiatus, you know, thing that you apply for. And then once yeah. your investment returns, it's that just an much, extension.
1: Anybody can do it. You you can just go on TurboTax and file an extension.
0: Right, but I mean, like once once your investment into Dogecoin or whatever returns that amount that you owe in taxes, then you just take that out, and mm-hmm. then pay your taxes. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> I fly by the seat <laughs> of my pants, man. Like, how are you? St- I do. How are you still married? Well,
1: the way that the way that my life works is that like I just try not to spend very much money. <laughs> like I don't know, I, I have like no accounting system at all. I just like, hey, don't buy things you can't afford, or like don't spend too much money, and that's kind of just the way it works.
0: Mm-hmm. But you, so your wife is not someone who particularly cares about like the ins and outs of what you're doing financially.
1: Uh, not anymore. <laughs>
0: she's given up.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was, I mean the, there have been conversations in the past, but yeah. no. But you
0: shut that shit down a, real quickly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Basically, I, my whole life is flying by the seat of my pants, so like finances are no different. She knows what she she knows what she signed up for. Like I so when I went to Belgium for my master's degree, I um I only got in like 6 weeks before Hmm. they lost they like lost my application so get this i applied to i applied to fuller and this the school i went to in in belgium was called leuven Mm -hmm. and uh they never really responded to me i kind of thought it was like a crapshoot anyway because like it's a good school and i don't know anything about belgium never heard back so i started at fuller um and then i was at fuller for like a semester and then at the end like you know maybe in like december I finally got around because I was like, whatever happened? I emailed the school and I said like, hey, like whatever happened to my application? They're like, oh, you got in. Like, didn't you get the email? And I'm like, no, like you guys didn't send me anything. And apparently they, it was like an administrative error. Um, and I just figured that out and then was on a plane like, you know, within a few weeks and I was, I was gone. So, so the financial thing kind of is, it, it falls in line with everything else. I got stacks of paper all over my desk. I don't know what any of them really are addressed to.
0: But, um, yeah. It's a good thing you don't have any, like, drug habits or anything. The Would you say?
1: Yeah. Well, I have two big of goals for drug habits, but, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm always setting my goals. <laughs> um, okay. Right on. That <laughs> – your life is a crazy whirlwind and no one has any say about it. Got it. Um... <laughs> Let's <laughs> – Pretty uh... much. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, uh, that's a good segue to pivot to Elon Musk. Um, tell me about, tell me about Elon Musk and what he said about uh, about Bitcoin that has everyone in a frenzy. And why does my crypto portfolio look so shitty right now?
1: <laughs> um, well, you can blame the one guy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I think he's basically Trump for millennials, or he's Trump for kind of self-righteous tech people. Mm-hmm. Um I've always thought it was all just a facade. Um and and when I say that I think you know, I guess the disclaimer is that I think he's had plenty of successful businesses. Mhm. One example, but but maybe Elon got really successful and then started thinking his you know, shit didn't stink or something and he could just do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, He literally just comes up with like half baked ideas and starts businesses based off of them or tweets about them or whatever. And I'm not like, I think he's, I don't think he's really thought of anything all that interesting. Uh, People are like, oh, yeah, well, he wants to go to Mars. Well, people have wanted to go to Mars forever. Um, People have wanted to go on space flights forever. Um, Electric cars were invented 150 years ago. Um, One of the first cars ever was electric. Mm -hmm. I think the best the most interesting thing he's ever done is, which is more of a marketing thing. And I'm not sure if that was his thing or not, is he made electric cars cool. Mm -hmm. Um, which is pretty interesting because they've always been, you know, like Priuses, like dorky, like nobody wants one. And he made them, he started from the top and went down. And so I'm only giving my disclaimers of what might be good about him, but the guy just doesn't have any kind of poise or tact or Mm -hmm. rhyme or reason to half the crap he does just because i think he knows people worship him in the same way that trump does where he could just do whatever the hell he wants and his fan base is just going to eat it up and he's going to make money off of it like releasing flamethrowers like limited edition flamethrowers which was a few years back did you ever see that
0: yeah oh yeah i've seen it (laughs) like
1: that's just i mean it's just absurd like he's just a caricature um
0: yeah I, I don't know. I think the difference in him at all. I think the difference between him and Trump is that I think he is legitimately trying to do things that benefit humanity. Like I think ultimately he serves a greater purpose than himself. you know what I mean even if he is self-serving in uh, in in other ways along the way to get there, I feel like he's ultimately like his dreams for the future include other people than himself. I don't think Trump has a single thought outside of how things affect him ever.
1: (laughs) Um, But do you think that Elon is doing – like the things he's doing Mm -hmm. in general, like generally I think moving to like electric cars and stuff Uh are – I think those are good things for humanity. Uh
0: Um,
1: But do you think he's doing it just because he could – do you think he actually wants to – help the environment or is it just to make some money like he's he's figured a way to make some money
0: no i think i think he really does think he has the answers to the future of humanity for better for worse um Mm -hmm. because i think he you know he says all the time the core of what he wants to do really aside from you know the electric cars and going to mars is he really wants to develop you know a renewable energy source that's like his Mm -hmm. that's like his main thing um I, i really do think he he wants to help humanity, but, like, with anybody who thinks they have the answers, that comes with a crazy ego. And then on top of that, he's on the autistic spectrum, as we as many of us in the public have found out recently, um, which makes a lot of sense. Um, Do you think that that's true?
1: I'm I, skeptical it, of that, to it, be pr- honest. It
0: probably is. If, if I'm being completely honest, I mean, the idea of a spectrum is that we're all on it. I think is, right. is the point, you know what I mean? So right. um, I don't doubt that he's been diagnosed with, you know, some kind of Asperger's or something. I, I don't doubt that. Um, he, um, he seems to lack some some very key, like, people skills that I think um, many would, would point to as some sort of, like... Um, but so does, like,
1: of, Bill Gates and so does Trump. Those are, like, very different ones, but... I wouldn't like, call
0: Trump autistic, though. he's, I think his his inability to communicate effectively doesn't come from um i think that comes from more of a of an obsession with his own ego i don't think it's that way with elon necessarily but i could be wrong i'm not a uh, like a psychologist i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i don't know i don't really
1: buy i don't really buy a lot of the crap that elon pedals i mean and he, i don't want to be i don't want to be skeptical on like autism in general yeah
0: but, um, i mean he definitely is He's the most successful
1: autistic person on earth. Yeah. I'm 1,000, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, who else has been autistic and made more than, like, well, maybe. I, a, and I'm just, I'm just speculating. Yeah. Like, he's made such stupid amounts of money well, in, the argument, in the public sphere. Yeah. Not, he's not just, like, sitting behind a computer. Like, people buy into his personality. Yeah. Which, and I'm not an expert, but, but that's, like, the main, like, deficiency, right? If we're talking about, like, autism or Asperger's mm-hmm. or something, is that, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, they're social skills. These are personality type things where like my, my cousin's autistic and he, uh, he's got like zero friends, like negative friends, like where his, our, his family are his best friends. And he's probably, I mean, I'm going to say it's 100% social. Like he's a, he knows everything about space. He knows everything about math and science. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess these are kind of stereotypes, but, um, but he doesn't, he, he's got no friends. I think he, He's the most popular guy in the world. He might be the most popular guy that doesn't
0: in the world. mean he has friends though it
1: doesn't but but are there other examples of like he's gotten wildly successful off of his popularity too mm-hmm. and again, I'm not an expert, but those are the kinds of things that are like the big in my mind those are like the big red flags where it's like you're autistic because you struggle socially you struggle having friends and like like especially in the past when kids weren't um educated enough on, like, other people's disorders, like, people that had Asperger's or were autistic, like, they were just full-blown outcasts at school, mm-hmm. you know, up until, like, 94 or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, when when we learned that we were supposed to be nice uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Back in the day, that wasn't, like, really taken seriously.
0: I right. don't know. I would, I would wager that a lot of very successful or influential people... Throughout history, probably, like by today's standards, would have had some personality, like like um, uh, diagnosable personality issues. We just didn't know back then. I mean, yeah. another example of this kind of person, I think, is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's wildly successful, and but and and seems to lack very fundamental people skills as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like, but there's like the brainiac thing versus like, yeah, like once you're smart enough, you're weird, right? Like in general, I think Mm -hmm. there are very few people that are brilliant and normal. Um, Mm -hmm. and that might be a little bit of a Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates kind of thing. That's not a, Mm -hmm. it's not an autistic thing. It's just that they're like just smarter than all of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and that's about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe.
1: Uh, I don't know, but anyway, on on his like Bitcoin stuff, like yeah. I wish he would just get out. So there's a there's a petition going around, um, <laughs> where like all the crypto community on like on tr- Twitter, where they're trying to get him to sell his Bitcoin, um, basically because everybody just wants him out. Um, so he'll just stop talking about crypto because it's just insane the amount of power. Like mm. you're the richest guy in the world, and you have the power to manipulate markets, and you do it. And you you seem half drunk or on the toilet, like these are Trump tweets. Like these are literally Trump tweets that just don't say anything. And it and all of a sudden, like Bitcoin spikes, Bitcoin tanks, Doge goes up, Doge goes down, based off of these half-assed I'm taking a dump and drinking a beer tweets.
0: <laughs> well speaking of Trump, can I be a, a Trump apologist style Elon apologist? Perhaps <laughs> perhaps Elon is pointing out a flaw in the system by being so reckless. Perhaps he is pointing out this is exactly why this is exactly the kind of danger you run into when you have something that's completely unregulated like cryptocurrency.
1: I mean, I don't I don't think that that's what he's doing.
0: I mean, I know I'm I'm comedically giving him more credit than he's due. Yeah, but um, but perhaps that is what's happening, though. I mean, we're seeing the dangers of having a completely unregulated currency that can fluctuate on the whims of one person. You know, that would
1: actually make that would actually make him ten times crazier because he bought (laughs) so much Bitcoin. Right. Right. (laughs) Like
0: some some people, Master Wayne, want to see the world burn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like like literally like the Joker, like he's just insane. Yeah. Um I mean that's that's what he uh I mean that that's the part where maybe I think I think he's interested in making money. He's interested in being successful. So I don't and, and because it's public knowledge how much Bitcoin Tesla has, I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if he were doing that. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's a fascinating like regulatory question because
0: mm-hmm.
1: he would be absolutely committing fraud like this is that this is like an sec problem he got in trouble for this with tesla stock mm-hmm. because he would be like oh tesla stock is too high and guess what it dumps um but when you have something like bitcoin that nobody controls and nobody's the boss of um it's creating you know whatever problems um and i who, who we point the finger at or who's actually being defrauded in this case i guess the investors but the investors aren't buying into anything that's regulated um, and I also just think he's being so ridiculously disingenuous about, like, Bitcoin's energy usage, because I do think he's incredibly intelligent. Um, and I think he knows. And I think he's just playing a role that'll make him cool or popular. Whatever's going to make Tesla make more money or whatever, what's going to make him make more money, he's just going to play that role. Because I, I 100% think he knows way more about bitcoin's energy usage than like like they what did they spend i had no idea they spent a couple billion dollars on bitcoin or something and then like surprised three months later he's like oh apparently bitcoin uses a lot of energy like
0: I does does bitcoin at all. like
1: there's way he didn't already know
0: does bitcoin make a lot of money or i'm use sorry I'm not not yeah, yeah use a lot of energy is what i'm asking i'm sorry
1: yeah it uses a ton of energy um okay but it's it's ridiculous that
0: how does a currency use energy i think i know the answer but i don't want to assume
1: well anything that makes it work right so an example of this um with like with the dollar um Mm -hmm. is like literally banks right like banks use a ton of energy um we we have credit cards we have paper statements we have crap coming to us oh, in the mail, okay. we got ATM gotcha. machines, we got, there are all kinds of things that are using energy gotcha. that are related to us, because that's the thing, and that's why it's so disingenuous and why it's absurd, is that Bitcoin uses way less energy than the, than the traditional banking system. Um, Bitcoin um, uses a ton of energy, and it uses a lot more energy than other cryptocurrencies, but we can get into the reasons why why that's actually important later, mm-hmm. but we're talking about pure electricity, Right. This is what we're all trying to go to. Everybody wants to go to electricity. And I'm going to give you my 3-minute soapbox thing here, but um like nobody's regulating people watching porn or flicking through Instagram. None of that's like a waste of energy. But apparently Bitcoin is a waste of energy, which is like the most absurd thing of all time because it's it's the most like empowering technology that's probably ever been invented and it and it uses less energy than what would we, we would traditionally use. So I think it's a total virtue signal bullshit, like absolutely disingenuous thing to call Bitcoin a waste of energy when 90, 90-something percent, well, one, it's a value judgment, but 90-something percent of the like internet is used on absolute bullshit that like, yes, it's still a value judgment, but at the same time, I think you can take a poll where like, is Instagram a better... Use of of electricity, or is porn a better use of electricity versus banking? We would say banking is, and Bitcoin uses less energy than the normal banking system. And the normal banking system also chops down trees to build buildings and drives cars around full of Mm -hmm. cash, burning oil, like using a bunch of physical things. So it complete Mm -hmm. it could be completely sustainable, like one hundred percent sustainable, if we got enough solar panels and whatever. It's not our fault that China's burning coal to run mining rigs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just an abs- absolutely absurd objection to Bitcoin. And I sound fired up because I am. Because <laughs> on top of this, it tanked the whole market, this mm. lie. This literal like lie. Mm. So, whatever.
0: Does Bitcoin rebound from this?
1: Uh, I think it does. Uh, well, in the long term, absolutely, 100%. Does it rebound like... Do did, did we get to 60, 64000 is the high this year? Do we get back to that you know this year? Uh, I'm going to say a 70% chance, but it definitely got derailed big time by Wario on SNL.
0: <laughs> Do you, so it sounds like energy is probably our biggest hurdle as a species. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Because from what you just described, it sounds like if we were to come up with a uh, an infinite energy source, then everything else that we "quote unquote" need kind of is solved by that.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've I've spent a fair amount of time like realizing this when I got got older. When we were younger, and we would have to like read history books or whatever. Mm-hmm. science books and they would talk about energy and be like, okay whatever yeah but like energy is like the most fundamental thing ever and I, th- I don't think i realized that until i was about you know 30 and a half and i just turned 31 <laughs> yeah
0: i think i think um, energy energy is one of those things that's hard for us to grasp at when we're young because energy is both a thing that is it's fundamental to our society in two ways like it's fundamental to us biologically like and organically because everything we do has an energy trade-off in like just with our own bodies but then mm-hmm. also energy refers to the synthetic forms of energy that we harvest that produce the things that we need for survival so it's like it's hard for us to see that there's a connection between like the same principles that govern the energy trade-offs in all of your bodily functions is the same principle that governs the energy trade-offs of synthetic energy And it's hard for us to make that connection when you're a kid because you're like, I don't get why this matters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're you're completely right. And you you said that you said that really, really well, because it took me a long time to realize that it it is like literally the same thing. Yeah. Whether you're burning gas, whether you're farting, whether you're like whatever it is, like it's all all energy.
0: Yeah. And the more Um, the more I watch like uh, National Geographic documentaries or like, you know, weird space documentaries and stuff the more i often hear astrophysicists and stuff like that say like oh you know and none of this would be a problem if we had an you know an infinite energy source so if we had you know if we had the energy to do it none of this would be a problem and you Mm -hmm. the more and more you read about like theoretical science and stuff like that and like the more and more you realize how much of a hurdle energy is because almost Mm -hmm. every problem that we face can be solved with a a magic energy source that never runs out you know
1: right because um the way we generate energy is always from like hurting something else right yeah. like that's the big hurdle where even even with electricity we run into so many hurdles um you know, whether that's, yeah. you know, building bad or, you know, creating batteries or whatever.
0: Now, here's where we're going to get into a conversation about how important language is, because I think even the, the way we communicate things sometimes can have big impacts on the way we understand things. Because if I were to say to you, energy is never created nor destroyed. It's only transferred and whatever. You know what I mean? Like we everyone's heard that yeah, at least yeah. once in their life. But it, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like you're making a statement about the magical quality of energy and that it's always existed and it always will exist and you can't create energy out of nothing. But really you're yeah. making a statement about um, about cost because it, it, well, really what you're saying is – in order to make energy or to harvest energy, you have to expel energy to do that so energy technically, by definition, cannot come from nothing you can 't have a vacuum and then just create energy out of nothing because it 's going to cost you some energy, whether that 's manpower of human bodies or the burning of coal or whatever it is in order to create whether it's, you know if it 's pushing a water bottle off a table, I have to expel an energy that exists somewhere within me already in order to do that. Um, and I, I think I think even that simple of a clarification is not made well enough in school because I didn't realize that in school, like when I was learning physics and stuff, you know.
1: Well, that's what—that's the way they were able to like con you into atheism because you didn't know that something had to be there to actually set a spark, mm-hmm. as opposed to literal nothingness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, the Big Bang happened because a bunch of nothing and nothing and all this other nothingness like collided. That's, like, the biggest scam ever is where, like, that's, like, the number one rule you're supposed to know in physics, but apparently all of existence beat that rule. Well, I think what... All of existence beat that number one rule that governs all the rest of existence. Like, isn't that crazy?
0: Well, I think what really did it was quantum mechanics and quantum physics. That turns everything on its head.
1: Turns everything on its head, but that still can't exist in a vacuum.
0: I mean, it can if our vacuum is just one of... You know, infinite existences that are popping in and out of each other at every given moment.
1: But you still have to, you're still (laughs) introducing outside variables outside the vacuum. Well,
0: but if you have an infinite multiverse, then by definition, don't there have to be some multiverses that are nothing? If there are multiverses that are something and there's an infinite multiverse, some of those universes have to be nothing.
1: Yeah, but that means something has to exist for other universes to exist.
0: Yeah. Every, right. Yeah, Which think,
1: introduces something outside the vacuum.
0: Yeah, but I think our inability to grasp this is based on many things. Uh, uh, chiefly among them, we're not scientists. But also because as human beings, time is not infinite for us. So, like, we have a hard time understanding. Like, because when we think of, like, well, something had to exist for something else to exist, we're thinking causally, caus- cause. Caus- caus- causally causally causally, causally. Yeah. like as in terms of one thing happened and then another thing happened it's hard for us to grasp that everything that is everything just is you know what i mean like stuff that we perceive as has happened in the past and stuff that will happen in the future and and the stuff happening right now is all happening right now like there is no moment outside of our perspective you know what i mean like outside of our perspective like beyond our limited temporal experience of of the universe the universe is just existing and things are just happening there is no like beginning and end you know what i mean Mm -hmm. cosmically speaking anyway but it's hard for us to wrap our head around that because we think of lifespans and stuff you know
1: well there might be a beginning and an end but in terms of like the relativity of like uh just time Mm -hmm. is is probably the bigger yeah the bigger issue so at the golf tournament one of the things that somebody raised was like what you your...
0: talked about this at the golf tournament <laughs> yeah we talked about aliens
1: we talked about aliens um and uh one of the guys was like all right what's what are you at zero to 100 like what's what's the you know probability of aliens and i'm like zero and somebody else is like oh you bastard well somebody's like well but like you know we can only see you know at the speed of light and blah 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 and and you know maybe we've seen other planets but we've actually seen them you know thousands of millions of years in the past because of the speed of light and you know probably you know probably there are you know aliens that exist there because it's been there's been so much time we just can't you know observe them directly mm-hmm. and it's like the whole argument of like if there's a lot more time then you know it's more likely is just kind of absurd because we have no example of it happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you that can we know any, of. You, Yeah. That we know of. Mm-hmm. So, but you can convince anything, anybody of anything, if you say like, but yeah, it was a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That thumb turned into a tree because it was a really, really long time. Right. But that,
0: that's why we can't think of pause pos- <laughs> of, of, um, we can't think of, possibility in terms of time Uh, we have to think of it in terms of like mathematical probability because mathematically from what i understand i'm not speaking from any like level of authority but mathematically from what i understand like if if the universe is infinite right then Mm -hmm. there has to be uh every every possibility that could exist does exist and even if even if we're not experiencing it you know what i mean
1: right it's, it's called Murphy's Law, right? Isn't that Murphy's Law?
0: No, I think Murphy's Law is like – if wait, maybe it might be. I thought there was another – yeah, maybe it's Murphy's Law. It's like what – yeah, if it's possible, it will happen kind of thing.
1: I think so. Yeah, maybe um, it is. We just don't have um, – well, one, that relies on like knowing – it relies on a couple of things, right? It relies on knowing that the inter- universe is infinitely old. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also relies on knowing that like spontaneous life is possible, Mm -hmm. um, which may or may not be the case. Um, Mm -hmm. it it relies on knowing a bunch of other things to then come to that conclusion, which is why I say zero. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think it's, I think it's like a a zero or one question really. Like if we, so I agree with what you said.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that as well.
1: If we have like one example, then yeah, we definitely like. You know, there are lots of examples, but if we don't have an example, then I don't know why. Like, I guess the jump that's annoying to me is it's like from like a, it's a scientific perspective, but it it's totally pseudoscience when people wield it this way where they're like, oh, like the burden of proof is on you to like demonstrate that God <laughs> exists. And it's like, well, the burden of proof on you is to demonstrate that aliens exist like, or mm-hmm. multiverse. Like multiverse is completely speculative. Like mm-hmm. there's like it's totally theoretical physics in a way that like heaven is like there's mm-hmm. it's it's a totally total well, <laughs> jump of belief it's not like like the, it's not demonstrable at all it
0: well it's Which, spe- like, it's speculation based on empirical you know empirical thought processes heaven is not heaven is just like an imagined it is it, not based on any sort of principles of the universe you know what i mean mm, maybe at least heaven as we understand it in a modern Western Christian definition of it. Maybe. <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe it, even, it, it, I mean, I get into this conversation a lot with people about like just religion and stuff like that. Um, because I think, you know, I think, oh, man, we don't, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't necessarily want to get into that, but maybe it is like, maybe, maybe heaven is just the language we've given to what we call the multiverse or something like that. Um <laughs> that is a whole, I don't know. I
1: just, I just think it all boils down to the same or like on a totally different topic now, but it boils down to the same thing that like physicists don't. Well, there are plenty of religious physicists as well, but Mm -hmm. plenty of the ones that don't, don't want to own up to is this whole idea of like, um, you know, (laughs) the energy can't be created or destroyed. And it's like, well, okay, the multiverse theory doesn't solve your problem. Because you're back to one, right? Mm. So this universe, okay, it's not infinite. There, are, there's this multiverse theory, blah blah blah. At the same, all you're doing is introducing new variables that sound fancier. It's like when um, Richard Dawkins says that, like, oh well, you know, maybe a more advanced civilization, you know, some some really great aliens that Tom DeLong, you know, had hung out with, came and planted us here. It's like, okay, well you didn't answer the question. Like all you did was keep introducing the fact that like life existed somewhere else. The life existed somewhere else or or matter existed somewhere else. Like it's just it's an it's it's in philosophy it's called an infinite regress, mm-hmm. where they're just you're just begging the question over and over and over and over again. I think infinitely back in time.
0: I think the idea that the lack of alien evidence for alien life, despite the mathematical probability of alien life is a very... That, like, distance between those two things is a very good argument for simulation theory. (laughs) Say that again. Okay, sorry. Um, I would say that the the lack of the evidence of alien life, Uh the distance between the lack of evidence of alien life and the mathematical probability for alien life is a very good argument for simulation theory.
1: I mean, I think they're the same.
0: Well, here, here, let me let me make sure I'm, I'm until I'm,
1: until we until we have an example of a simulation that fools people, or we
0: have well we do have we do have several life. examples of our the own in infa- the own fallibility of our senses to perceive reality. I mean, we have plenty Certainly. of that. Certainly. So, so I think the potential for us us being in a simulation to me a, the the because mathematically. As far as we know, it's very like plausible that a let life exists elsewhere. And the fact that we haven't seen it, I think is a pretty good argument that like our existence is under someone else's control. And you know, maybe you know, that's just not for, the rest of the universe is not for us to see. You know what I mean?
1: Well, that's like a fascinating thought, but I don't have to think about that one for a second. So the fact that there's the fact that basically there's a veil over our eyes. Okay. So it's based on the idea that it's, you have to be convinced that there must be life somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. then somebody must be preventing us from seeing it. Right. Thus, we must be in a simulation.
0: Yeah. You know, you see where the logic is and where my logic is going. I don't say, I don't necessarily believe that, but I, I could see the argument there being an argument there, you know, or at least the makings of one.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just skeptical on the like the first point, like right at the beginning is like.
0: Well, l- let me illustrate it this way: if if you raised a kid in a in a in a a dungeon somewhere, just like a white void, right? And mm-hmm. but you showed the kid, um, it was just you and the kid, right, in the room, and but you told the kid, you told the kid imaginative stories about a a large, vast outside world, right? But but to the kid, they're completely – and you present them as, like, just ideas and stories and stuff. If the kid – assuming the kid knew everything there is to know about the laws of physics and how they govern the universe, give, and then given your ability as beings to imagine something beyond the white void of the room, it, there would be a disconnect between all the all of the mathematical extrapolations that we can do about the outside world – Mm -hmm. And and the little evidence of there being an outside world, I think there would be enough cause there for that kid to be like, well, maybe you're just keeping me in this room and there is an outside world, you know.
1: So basically Plato's cave.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Except with less because even in Plato's cave, there's some evidence that there's an outside world. You know what I mean? Uh, in, In this example, there is no evidence other than our ability to imagine it. And what we know about the laws of physics. You know, the laws of physics get, dictate that there's a larger world and we have the capacity to imagine it. So the fact that we haven't experienced it, I think it's fair to assume that perhaps or it's fair to ask, is someone preventing me from seeing what we're able to imagine?
1: I guess that's like, that's where it all kind of collapses is like.
0: Of course it does, you, because that's the like, that's the final leap in logic you have to take. <laughs> Well you, yeah, well,
1: you can't. You can't like selectively apply it all, right? Like, you get to say that like either either everything is fake or nothing is fake. I guess, right? Well, what like,
0: is, well, what does fake mean?
1: Well, somebody's like toying with us, or they're not toying with us, or everybody's. Toying it, it doesn't. With this. It doesn't like,
0: have to. You, you see, you're implying intent. Like you're implying like like a, okay, a well, malicious intent. It doesn't have to be that. Do you think rats? We're do in you the think matrix rats? Or we're
1: not in the matrix, or we're sleeping, or we're not. Asleep. Yeah, like it's either like real or not real. Uh, it's that's why it's like a flip of a coin in my mind. It's yeah. not like it's not like there are layers of being faked out. It's just like either it's fake or it's or it's real.
0: This is what's gonna. This is gonna cook your noodle, right? Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, uh, <laughs> hey, to, to reference the 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 Matrix. Uh, think about this: the mere existence of a of a a being a certain, like I can imagine with my human brain a being that is so different from us that its mere existence, free from any intent, prevents us from seeing the fullness of the universe. you know what I mean, yeah, like I'm trying to think of an example of maybe in like the real world, uh but that's I'd have to think about that for a while, but um I can imagine it doesn't matter that, what it is yeah, like, it doesn't matter it what it just, is. it could be arbitrary, could you know what I mean
1: dreaming, it could be dreaming, it could be eyesight could be a simulation like we it could co- be a demon
0: yeah we could be the the wild musings or imaginings of a creature uh you know we could be living out the dreams of a some creature that i can imagine and the only reason we can't see the outside world or the fullness of it is not because the creature doesn't want us to it's because it's by design, we can't do it. It's just arbitrary. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be yeah. like, oh, let's see what happens to these humans. It could just be we are just the product of some other being's existence, you know?
1: Yeah. Like God.
0: Sure. You can call it that.
1: <laughs> We're all in God's mind. I mean, that's like a there's, – there, there's like there are theologians that have said that before. Mm-hmm. We're all just in God's mind. I mean, we are and the eyes of it. the
0: universe observing itself.
1: The eyes of the universe observing itself. That's
0: a Deepak Chopra quote. He's got some good ones, man.
1: Which guy is Deepak Chopra?
0: Deepak Chopra is uh, an uh, an Indian uh, guru guy. He's like friends with Oprah. You you've seen Deepak Chopra before. He's like no, a, a, I was.
1: I'm getting confused with the like really conservative Indian
0: guy. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's not that guy. What's that's, that? Guy? That's, oh,
1: that's
0: Dinesh a, uh, Dinesh D'Souza.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's no.
0: <laughs> no, Deepak Chopra is like a new-agey guru guy. You you know yeah. him when you see him. I know the name. But he says – he has some good ones. He says the eyes of the – we are – human beings are the eyes of the universe observing itself. I like that one. He also says – I don't know if he coined this one, but he says this a lot. Um, uh, we are spirit having an earthly experience or something like that. Um, and then he also says uh, – there's one more that – oh, um, Jesus is to God what the uh, you know a caveman's finger is to the moon when he when a caveman is pointing out the majesty of the moon to someone. Uh where Christians often lose sight is they get stuck on the finger rather than the moon. Saying that it be you know does that make sense? Like Jesus is the figure that is supposed to point us to divinity, but oftentimes we get so wrapped up in Jesus that we miss the divinity that it's pointing to. I mean,
1: maybe if you're Mormon or or a uh or Jehovah's Witness, but but if but if you're orthodox, Jesus is the moon, and so is
0: God. True, but we, I think a lot of times we, I think, so in my own personal opinion... Or if you're
1: Muslim, I guess. Yeah. If you're Muslim, Jesus is pointing to the moon, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. He's only, yeah, and Jesus is one of many fingers pointing to the moon, which yeah. I kind of agree with. I think there is a moon, I don't think there is a... So I think there's a moon, right? If we're going to continue with the the analogy, I think there is a moon, and I think everyone, everything that we do say and experience is pointing to that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: Do you and know who John Hick is?
0: John Hick? No, I don't know. Yeah, who John Hick Yeah, he's the
1: most, and he's not a hick. He's he's a uh, he's English. Okay, well, maybe he's maybe he's a chav or some kind of white trash from from England. He's Cockney. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's straight Cockney. Um, anyway um john hicks like the most famous philosopher of religion uh-huh. uh in the last hundred years and he has a book called god and the universe of faiths mm-hmm. and that's the exact analogy he gives he's a pluralist um and he's completely right like this uh, this um you know when i was playing my golf tournament last weekend there was a pastor on the trip mm-hmm. they got a whole mixed bag um <laughs> rob so i was just calling him pastor rob the whole time
0: was uh, it rob bell no,
1: it wasn't. But it, but he was extremely Scandinavian looking, so it probably fit in the same book. Um. So anyway, red uh,
0: red like jazz, is his book the uh, the pastor you were with? No, I have no. idea. Isn't blue like jazz? Uh, Rob Bell book. I just remember
1: his Numa videos.
0: Yeah, he had a. I think Numa is that what it's called? Yeah, Numa. I think yeah. he had a book called Re- like Blue Like Jazz or maybe oh. he
1: had- I thought he wrote Love Wins, didn't he read? Oh, he did. Read that Love was Wins. later.
0: Like one of his early books yeah. was I think it was called Blue Like Jazz. Or but he also has a book I know for sure called Velvet Elvis. So maybe maybe oh. uh your guy is uh denim Elvis or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so I was uh so I don't even remember what the connection was to Pastor Rob
0: Uh but pluralism there was a connection.
1: Yeah, pluralism. But anyway, so so um, John H- Hick has this book called um, "God: A Universe of Faiths," um, and he talks about moving from a, an ecclesiacentric model to a theocentric model, meaning mm-hmm. stop being church-centric and be God-centric. Mm-hmm. And he literally describes like God, like if you were just using like our solar system, he describes God as being like the sun, mm-hmm. and all the faiths surrounding God. Um, and each faith is speaking some truth and each faith is speaking plenty of falsehoods and we're all looking at the same thing. It's impossible to it's impossible to be looking somewhere different. Um, and even like a traditional like Orthodox theology, I think you can get on board with this. like when a Muslim calls out to God, when a Hindu calls out to God, like do we think that God doesn't hear them right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously God hears them mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what he's saying is that like, um, regardless of whatever your faith is, like we need to stop being hung up on our our, our church affiliation and remember that what's at the center is is like God. Yeah. Um, but he's even, he calls it the ultimate reality. Yeah. Um, he's more abstract than that because um, I think he would put atheists on this spectrum as well. Of course. Um, and not a spectrum. I guess it's like a wheel. It's a um, continuum. Yeah, something like that. Um, he's a big so John Mayer fan. It. Nobody. Yeah. Man, I hate John Mayer. But anyway, um, uh, he uh, everybody's reaching towards the same thing. um, And so you can't actually escape it. So, I, Well, first off, you should read some John Hick. I think it's all really good. I pretty much agree with it all.
0: Yeah. Um, If there's one if there's one reality, then there's one God, essentially. Yeah. There's there's one thing that we're all calling God.
1: The connection back to Pastor Rob, I remember what I said to him was that he was like asking me about like my faith and my education and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I started at Fuller and I finished at Claremont and whatever. And I said, uh, if I had to give myself like a real classification, I might say, like a real technical term, I might say I'm like an agnostic Christian or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just because I own up to the fact that I don't know anything right um which I actually think is like the biggest faith commitment that there is mm-hmm. um I think people are lying when they think they know things and <laughs> yeah. I and I think so that comes back to um the pluralistic worldview where um the other example that John Hick uses is he he, said, he calls it like the blind men and an elephant mm-hmm. so like God is an elephant right. and all these blind men are touching it and like, one guy thinks God is a tail. One guy thinks God is a trunk. Another person thinks God is a toenail or something. Yeah. Um, and I I own up to There's that. There's at least one person like who thinks
0: God is a penis. <laughs> yeah.
1: Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> and I'm trying to be that guy's buddy.
1: <laughs> and who said? But who said the elephant was a man? You patriarchal, uh, that's misogynistic true. asshole. Okay. Not all elephants are men. That's true. <laughs> um but i but i would feel a lot worse for that.
0: somehow the joke feels more problematic if i like used female genitalia
1: <laughs> it does it definitely does because we're men but also <laughs> the guy who's holding the penis thinks it's a trunk that's that's the bigger problem mm-hmm.
0: that's true <laughs> he doesn't
1: even he doesn't even know
0: that's true he has no clue yeah. um that's good Hang stuff on. uh yeah i've heard that the elephant and the man thing uh, i think rob bell uh speak of the devil um i'm sure he would love that we just said speak of the devil about him mm. um i think he has used that illustration before um
1: i think it's from john hick i think he came yeah. up with it i'm not positive that would make sense
0: there's another good one where it's like i hear it uh, pete holmes says it a lot but it's like uh you know uh, god is like water in the earth and everyone has a well and they may be in different locations and be built differently and have different ideas of engineering behind them and have different energy sources mm-hmm. but they're all trying to get to the same water uh, I think yeah. that is a good a good illustration. Um, yeah. You may understand how to build wells differently than I do, but we're trying to go after the same thing. I think is a helpful way to think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can't picture anything other than like a normal well, but
0: that's because you're a white guy living in the United States.
1: <laughs> I mean, I just I don't know what a well looks like. You, other uh, than technically, a well. well
0: is just a hole in the ground. It can be anything.
1: Right, But how
0: you design it to bring the water up, that's where the design question comes in.
1: Well, I, the thing that pops in my mind is The Ring.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, um, which is one of the best movies of all time. And that can be that because movie.
0: you're American or because you're Japanese. Like um, Naomi Osaka. Yes. Nailed it.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> the Ring is one of the best movies of all time. It's Just
0: very like, underrated.
1: I love... You think it's underrated? I think so. I think I people... Think It was a thing when it came out, wasn't it?
0: It was. I think people remember it less fondly than I think. Or I don't – I think people remember it like, oh, yeah, it was so creepy when I saw it. And that's what they remember about it. But honestly, what I remember so fondly about that movie is like I feel like it was one of the first like modern horror movies to really introduce like some art to it. Yeah, some really cool art. Like, yeah, Yeah. like it was like a really – like that movie was so atmospheric. There weren't a lot of jump scares – like it was mm-hmm. more so like it was just some beautiful photography like that that sequence on mm. the boat where like the horse loses its mind like yeah. that that shot so well it's like you're yeah. watching a uh like a um am i I'm trying to get the right anderson brother correct paul thomas anderson the guy who directed the master uh I don't know. I haven't seen that. And, yeah, I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson, but it's like it's like a horror movie, but it's like shot like an art house kind of movie. And it was one of the first movies that I can remember that in America, like in a, a big time American movie, that did that. Now there are a dime yeah. a dozen. Like A twenty four puts one out. You know, they put two yeah. out a year. You know, but I, you know, there would be no Hereditary. There'd be no Midsummer if not for the Ring. You know.
1: Yeah, I didn't like either of those movies, but I agree.
0: <laughs> really. Okay, uh what didn't what didn't you like about I can see why you wouldn't like midsummer. I I <laughs> Midsummer, Dude, it was a
1: marathon. Like it was. Yeah. What? It's like three hours and like nothing happens. Like
0: it's a very self indulgent movie. Nothing happens. Yeah. That,
1: so that's what everybody says, and I don't really know what that means. Like literally, I posted about, it. I posted it on Facebook. I said like Midsummer and Hereditary both sucked, and then somebody responded and said like Oh, it's self indulgent. And I literally responded, I don't know what that means. Okay. But but it's so long and nothing happens.
0: This is like, why Midsummer is. This is why Midsummer I would describe as self indulgent. It's a movie that makes certain decisions on what to put on screen based on how cool the movie thinks itself is. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's linger on this shot for 20 minutes. Well, you know, want to know why? Because it's a beautiful shot. Okay. Like, a good movie that isn't self-indulgent will say, hey, you know what? That was a beautiful shot. Let's try to get some more of those in here. Not like, hey, you know, this is a really beautiful shot. Let's stay here as long as we can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's self indulgent. It's like we know you're enjoying this, so we're just gonna pile it on.
1: You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, like <laughs> that that scene that scene where like they jump off the cliff. Yeah, is like twenty minutes long. Yeah, and it doesn't need it's to be a that long. Really, really long, long scene. Mm-hmm. So I I watched Midsummer first, and I was really excited about watching it because I'm all down for like. Well, I love the Wicker Man. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was going to be – like, I love horror movies in general. And so I thought that that was going to be kind of the same thing. But mm-hmm. in general, I don't think any horror movie should be longer than an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: So it's
1: that just was torture. already screwed. Yeah. And so I was just – I was excited. And then it was just so, <laughs> so long and, like, nothing happened. Imagine
0: being and... on a 10-minute roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just over and over again. A- after after minute, f- like, four, you you'd either be like – unconscious or you're just like not affected by it at all anymore
1: yeah you're just done it's just life yeah it's like when you're on a, it's like when you're on a boat for too long and then you get off and then you like have your sea legs or whatever it is feel yeah. all sick um yeah i mean i think and so i only watched like half of hereditary because i was uh-huh. just like screw this like is this gonna be the same crap again like i didn't finish that movie maybe i got three quarters of the way through i was just bored and just exhausted i was ready for bed mm-hmm. But I think I watched Midsummer twice, because hmm. I really wanted to. Like I was like, this is a cool idea. Like, I really like this idea. yeah, but it never worked for me.
0: yeah, I do uh, yes, i i I liked the movie that midsummer was trying to be, or at least that yeah. I thought it was trying to be because I thought it was going to be one of those movies that kind of plays on the horrors of the mundane. like uh-huh. look, look how creepy it can be to be completely out of your element with some people who are completely in their element. And there's some of that, like the first half of the movie is kind of that, um, yeah. but then it just devolves into, no, they're all crazy and lunatics, and we we were right to fear them, and man, look how strange they are, and good for her for getting her revenge, and it just it just kind of became, yeah, it, it kind of lost sight of what it potentially could have been, um, yeah. it wasn't uh, 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 that effective to me, but... Man, I didn't know you liked horror movies so much. I should uh, have you on, Wu, uh, because I right oh, now I I ha- horror,
1: mo- horror movies. Are like my <laughs> horror movies and like psychological thrillers. Like it's yeah. been now that I'm thinking about it, like the past few months mm-hmm. I haven't watched many, but I'm always down. Like I love the one of the best ones that was a real curveball out of nowhere was It Follows. Have you seen It yeah, Follows? Yeah,
0: I thought that was great.
1: It was so good. Like, that was just a rant. Like, I think it came up as, like, a suggested thing. Uh-huh. Um, like, a few years ago, whenever it came out, like, couple, I think it probably, I probably watched like a year after it came out, it came up as, like, a suggested thing, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and I remember just being like, holy shit, this is really scary,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so cheap. Like, this is, like, <laughs> the cheapest, scariest movie I've ever watched. Yeah. That isn't, tr- that isn't, look, it doesn't look cheap. Like, it's not like, uh, it's not like a fake, like, paranormal kind of mm-hmm you know, found footage kind of thing. Um, I always reference that one as like yeah. one of the best ones, but like the Baba Duke I saw on a whim uh-huh. before was cool. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a hipster way. I'm just saying that it ruined it for everybody else. Like yeah. I used to, I, I saw it randomly and my buddy, do you remember, do you remember Zachariah Weaver?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, he's one of my best friends still, but like we were just hanging out one night and the same thing, like, what the heck is Baba Duke? Why is this on horror? Hmm. And this was like twenty fifteen or whatever, before it like really blew up and we clicked on it and we're like, okay, whatever, like poured a drink, and then like shit our pants and I like I had to sleep on the couch that night. Um, but then I told everybody about him. Like, go watch the Duke and I ruined it for everyone. What's, I had like a Baba, Babadook T-shirt and stuff.
0: What's Zachariah doing? I, I, the one thing I remember very fondly about him is that he used to like. I could always tell he didn't. I used to call him Zach just because I assume every Zachariah yeah. goes by Zach, and yeah, I, I could always I could always tell that he preferred to be called Zachariah. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that's definitely, that's definitely, both of those are true. One, one, I, he introduces himself as Zachariah, but I Uh I always call him Zach. I just Uh say Zachariah because if you say that, then you know who we're talking about, but I never call him Zachariah.
0: What's he up Um, to? I imagine he's like, like either like a monk or like, he also was
1: the biggest curveball of all time. He's like a cop uh, or something. He's in the military.
0: Really? He's
1: in the air force. Yeah. (laughs) What? biggest curveball so so he so up until i think he joined i'm going to say he joined 4 years ago um uh-huh. he was he was a substitute teacher and he was in a band full time like mm-hmm. all he did was play music and he had like a side project like that's all he did and then he would teach like to make money or mm-hmm. like do random odd jobs mm-hmm. and then finally i think he just was like i think he has an insane amount of student loans and was just like mm-hmm. i need I need a way out, which mm-hmm. is like really a bummer. I hope I'm not gonna share this podcast with him. But um I hugely discouraged him. Like I was just like, man, like, yeah, it might be tough, but the amount of freedom you have as like a musician and being a substitute teacher and whatever else you're doing mm-hmm. is like so cool, and it's all gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. Um do do you know the band Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. We're like a hard Christian hardcore punk band, like yeah. early two thousands or whatever. Yeah. All those guys were teachers. They were all okay. like history. They were like history and science teachers. Okay. And I always told them, like, dude, we're like getting there. Like, I'm almost having a full time teaching job. Like, you can be a full time teacher. And all Stretch Armstrong did was they would record during the school year, like mm-hmm. release an album, and they would tour all summer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, we could just do that. Like, we don't have you don't have to like go figure out how to pay off your loans by like joining the military
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he did and uh i think he's doing well um i don't know it was like the like of all people especially like after getting a degree a degree like yeah he's in the air force like this he's guy, like, like he's ripped <laughs> also I,
0: I can i can imagine uh so is he like becoming an officer or like is he doing a job in the military what's he doing yeah, he teaches like
1: survival skills. He's an he's an officer that teaches like they live in Washington and he teaches them he, he takes people out for like a week at a time, um, and teaches them how to like live off the land in case they get like stranded, I guess, is basically his job. Like he can like I don't know, skin a cat and fry it or something. Like he can do he, he can he could survive off of like dirt and balls, apparently. That's crazy. Um, because he can do that, yeah. You of know all who, people.
0: You know who he looks like to me. Uh, mm-hmm. He's all. Uh, he, he. Are you familiar with the band Idols from the UK? No. He looks like the uh, the singer of that band.
1: I D O L S. I D L E
0: S. Yeah. Look at that guy. I'm looking at it right now. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, with the big mustache.
0: Yeah, I mean he doesn't always yeah. have a mustache, but like you know, kind of got like the yeah. the square kind of jaw thing going.
1: Yeah. That's definitely. I mean, he's he looks. Zechariah looks very different now. But yeah.
0: Oh man, that's it's crazy. Same kind of thing. Well, more power yeah. to him. I hope he. I hope he's good. I hope he's paying off those loans. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's. A, I would have. Well, this never, is a hardcore band. Kind of. Kind of. They're like a post-hardcore kind of like. I don't know. They're like a. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to. They're like more. I'm p- just seeing. I'm just seeing somebody stage dive, so I just figured they. Oh no, they definitely like, they're definitely like. I would call them like punk adjacent, like they're kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should you should I'll check have them to out. Listen to them. They're cool. Yeah, um, that's what
1: I always tell people is like they say like what kind of music do you listen to and I say like anything vaguely related to punk, like mm-hmm. if it's emo or if it's pop punk or post hardcore or. 80s whatever it doesn't really matter yeah i so wouldn't even like vaguely punk
0: yeah because i think punk is not really like a genre it's more of like um it's more like an this is gonna sound so douchey but it's, it's an, an attitude i was gonna say well i was gonna say an ethos but like it's kind an of aesthetic what, yeah it's it, not an aesthetic i think it's like a it's an ethos it's like it's it's whatever the mainstream is it, it's 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 a rejection of that you know
1: yeah i agree
0: um. So you know, everything, every everything else is a, is a sub genre under that umbrella. You know, yeah. Um, because like you can make punk music that sounds, in my opinion, like that you could. It sounds like country, or sounds like, you know, aesthetically, it can sound like whatever. But it's it's more so the approach and like,
1: as long like, as you're not trying to sound like something. Like yeah. I that's like the number one requirement of like a punk band. Yeah. It's like don't if you try to sound punk, you're not going to be punk like automatically. Yeah, and it's obvious. Like yeah. there are bands that there are bands that I know that sound very similar to other ones, where it's like one is obviously punk and the other one is obviously not because the other one is trying. Yeah, they they, they want to sound a certain yeah. way.
0: And I think bands bands evolve too. Like there are bands um, that started yeah. off as punk bands that have evolved and are like I wouldn't call them punk bands anymore. And it's not because yeah. of like you know they're not straight edge anymore or whatever, but it's more so like. Are you still
1: edge, by the way? I I would
0: still call myself straight edge. Um, I still identify with the culture, and I I would call myself straight edge, yes. Um, so true till thirty one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, I would call myself straight edge. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I would. I would. Yes, I would call myself straight edge. But anyway, um, yeah, it's like the style of music. For a lot of those bands has become like, I'm trying to think of who's a good example. Oh, Blink 182. Well, I was right? thinking Blink. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's yeah. A, that was Blink is no in. longer yeah. a punk band. They stopped being a punk band yeah. a long time ago. Um, and they were
1: like borderline punk for like their real popular stuff, right? Yeah. Like Take Off Your Pants and, and, uh, what was the other one? Enema of the State. Like those ones. Enema of the State, I think, is more punk than mm-hmm. Take Off Your Pants.
0: I think they stopped um, being a punk band when they put out that Greatest Hits album. Um the That's funny. <laughs> uh because I think they're just like a rock band now. Like I wouldn't call them a punk band. Yeah. They just make rock they make, you know, rock songs. Um you know, that you know, that have like, you know I hate to use the word punk because I just said it's not a genre, but like, you know, it 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 you know, it's 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 rock songs that are reminiscent of the the punk they used to make. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how I would describe their music. That's a good.
1: That's a good summary.
0: But yeah, I mean, there's ba- there's bands that don't sound like what you would like anything like what you would consider to be quote unquote punk music, but I would still call it punk. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah,
1: I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah, like I think a, a good example of that, in my opinion, is like a band like Tiger's Jaw. Like, you when you say punk, you don't think of you know you know skinny dudes from uh and a a girl from you know the midwest who or pennsylvania Mm -hmm. that like play catchy you know pop tunes on organs and stuff but like they're a punk band you know what i mean yeah um but any that's neither here nor there man we've we've covered it all today sublime is punk yeah
1: even though their fan base is like the douchiest people on the planet sublime
0: is punk (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time with like
1: people that like Cottonmouth Kings like Sublime. Oh like that's like a pretty similar fan base. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that Sublime isn't punk. Sublime is still punk.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's 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 interesting, like the the, the crossover between like hardcore and punk and then like reggae and stuff like that is very interesting to me.
1: Oh I love it. Like I'm a huge Scott fan for sure.
0: Um yeah, it's it's weird because like I I got into like hardcore like I look at hard like punk I look at punk with a as as like a freeway with a bunch of different on ramps, uh-huh. and my on ramp into punk was like really bad like metalcore and like deathcore and shit like that. Yeah, I
1: know. You're from you're from the IE, dude. That's <laughs> obviously yeah. everybody's getting beat down out here. The
0: nitty gritty, bro the um, shitty
1: titty um <laughs> that's a Derek call it. was the shitty titty
0: yeah that venue was bad it was very did bad did we ever
1: did i ever see you there i used to go there all the time
0: i'm sure um, we were both there at the same time i don't know if we saw each other did that you that one
1: in the stronghold in chino
0: i never went to the stronghold
1: do you know do you know what i'm talking about that was no. the same kind of thing no it was really the same thing the church um, like uh Gosh, what was the Death Comes Fast? Do you remember that beatdown uh, yeah, band called... That I think it was called... They would play... Both of those bands would play there, like, every weekend. Yeah. And it'd be the weirdest mashup of, like, punk and metalcore and, like, hardcore and, like... Yeah. Literally... But I think what was cool about both of those churches is they would let anybody play. Um That's true, yeah. No matter whether they were Christian or not. And I mm-hmm. remember going... But one was crazy. I remember there was this one, like, just straight up, like like, not just outspokenly atheist, like, hate-theist, I just made that up, but they had t-shirts on the front that said, like, no gods ever, or uh-huh. like, you know, just like the most anti-god stuff or whatever that they were selling at the merch table. Yeah. Um, But I just remember, like, the weirdest groups of people being there, like these like beat down hardcore guys and like some skinhead punks and like wh- whoever wanted to be there. Oh man. Be there.
0: Like I I remember going to some very dangerous shows at the nitty gritty. Yeah. Uh, so much fun there. It was, it was wild. Uh, looking back on it, it's like, I would never go to those shows now. Um, yeah. Like, and I would, I would go and see bands that weren't even like worth going and endangering myself for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like just because I didn't understand what kind of fan base like certain bands were gonna bring. But just like yeah. man, like all those like all those like beat down bands, like, oh man, it was it was not a good scene. It was a bad scene. Dude, I- Very bad scene.
1: <laughs> all right, I found it real quick. We we can end on this note. All right. Um, so I just I just searched Death Comes Fast band. Um, and the first thing that comes up is their MySpace page. Of course. Um, and then the second thing that comes up is a YouTube video, Rialto 2006. So yeah, this, this is, this is who they were. Death comes fast. You had to have seen them. They were, they played at nitty gritty all the time. And it was like a dad and a kid. Like I'm going to say that it was like one of these hardcore bands that had like a singer and then like a screamer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and one was like 40 years old and then one was like. Maybe it was like thirty six and like sixteen. Like it was a dad and his kid. That's so um, weird. That were in the band. You remember Death uh you, did you
0: ever go to shows at Oasis in Redlands?
1: Mm, no, I never went that far. Oh, okay. Like that's that's way out there from that from was like uh um, Like
0: the band Sleeping <laughs> Giant, that was like their home the, Yeah. That was like their home church.
1: I've seen Sleep I saw Sleeping Giant plenty of times back then.
0: Yeah. They, I saw some pretty bad shows there too. <laughs>
1: People used to like there were blood at a lot of these. Yeah. Like
0: sure. there, there were band blood. there were bands where like if 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 a band was playing the show, you knew like some very dangerous individuals were coming to that show to to only like pit hurt for people. that band and to only yeah. hurt people in that pit. Like they yeah. would literally be outside smoking or doing whatever while all these other bands played. And then, like, as soon as, like, their, you know, their band got up, as soon as, like, Death Watch got up or, like, Blood Stand Still or something like that. Yeah. Like, they would be at, make their way to the front of the pit and just start punching everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And not, like, not, like, not, like, oh, shit, no warnings playing and I happen to swing my arms and I hit someone. No, dude, like,
1: I'm just, like, I'm I'm looking
0: for people to punch in the face. Like, those dudes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. We need to bring that culture back. Does that still no, exist?
0: we don't. That shit sucks. <laughs> Man, the Inland Empire ruined hardcore.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That that was like the hot spot.
0: Like, oh, Man, dude, that's so funny. Because at least beat down bands from other part of the country. At least their music was good.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's like like the worst excuse for music and just violence for sure. Yeah. Inland Empire.
0: It's really bad. Well, dude, I appreciate the convo. Uh, There's so much more to talk about, and we'll do it again soon. Uh, We finally got the audio to maintain itself for a while. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All um, over the place. Yeah. It was good talking to you, man. Uh, Where can people find you online? Um, On Twitter, at CripFirm.
1: Say that again? C-R-Y-P, at Cripfirm. C R Y P F I R M, like crypto confirm crypt firm. Um, I'm just throwing that out there because all I do is tweet about crypto. And we were talking about crypto. Do you have a website?
0: But, is that your website?
1: Yeah, cryptfirm.com. I have an app. Oh, there you go. It doesn't really do anything, it, it's been around for like a year and a half.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very punk of you. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you, you don't
1: like it, don't buy it. <laughs>
0: uh, you can find episodes of this podcast and more weekly regular uh, on social media and at weeklyregular.com. You can find me uh, at Asan the DJ on social media. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. Um, Drew, thanks so much, man. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Asan. All right. We'll see y'all next week.